You are now about to witness wrestling knowledge at its finest. Sideline Junkies proudly presents the People's Choice, Don Rodriguez, the big guy, KG. They are the WrestleManiacs. Well, 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 well. WrestleMania 35 is in the bag. We are in awe of everything that happened. I know, to say the least, I'm blown up from all the pops and everything else that's uh, happened tonight. It's been a good four hours worth of show, so that's, that's extremely exciting. How are you feeling about the show, KG? I am exhausted from the constant high from the pre-show all the way until the main event. I am exhausted. But it's a good exhausted. I just, I, I love the spectacle. I was able to watch it with my wife, my brother-in-law, my kids. I mean, just awesome. I agree, man. So, I'm going to take a quick minute, go over all the winners, all the matches, and then we can dive into a couple noteworthy moments in our reaction show for the WrestleManiacs hot off of WrestleMania itself. So, they began tonight with the women's, or hopefully what they'll change to name the China Battle Royal, Memorial Battle Royal. And a couple quick notes on that. Ember Moon returning. Yes, yes. Lana looked phenomenal in, in her her spots. I mean, she was on the roll, same thing with Dana Brooke. But the unsung heroes of most of that Royal Rumble was the Riot Squad working together as a team, eliminating, doing what they needed to do. But ultimately, in a shadow of her hometown, Carmella brought it home and won the second annual Women's Battle Royal. It actually, for the final three, came down to Sonya Deville, Asuka, and Sarah Logan. But then kind of forgot that Carmella was never eliminated, and she reminded them when she won. So big shout-outs, big ups to um, Carmella. And then uh, we also had a couple people, well, a couple people's first time in there. Uh, Kyrie Sane was actually in there, so that was pretty exciting. And Candice LeRae, along with a returning Maria, was in the Women's Battle Royal, so it was pretty exciting. So we started there, and then... We also had on the pre-show the men's battle royal, which came to a expected but unexpected ending, leaving the final three combatants in that battle royal to be Braun Strowman, Michael Che, and Colin Jost. And I know you had some feeling about that. Yeah, I felt that that ending, uh, it tainted the battle royal, it tainted Braun's win. I mean... I, I kind of thought that Braun would win, but I, you know, I still picked Mustafa Ali, but it, it, it tainted his win. I, I just felt that they should have been eliminated. Way early. Yeah. It shouldn't I have came agree. down to that. 
Yeah. It would have came down to one of them winning. I think I would have just been like, you know what, just scrap the whole thing, throw it away. <laughs> David Arquette. Yeah, that's why I didn't pick Braun. I mean, if, in the back of my brain, I was thinking that'd be the no-brainer simply because, you know, like Braun Strowman is the biggest and he's going to go ahead and make it happen, even though we had a returning Luke Harper. But at the same time, I'm like, no, because Braun's going to go in there, get his hands on those two, and like I said, eliminate himself, beating him down. So that's why I went with Andrade, who actually did the exact same thing I was talking about. He eliminated himself. It's like, oh, my God, a Hurricane Rana. I'm like, please, just don't fall. Okay, just don't let your feet up. Well, that sucked. So he eliminated himself. Great job, Andrade. But Braun Strowman won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And then the last match on the kickoff show was actually one that was added in, and that was for the Raw Tag Team Championship. And that's put uh, pits the Revival against Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, who Kurt Hawkins broke, or ended, rather, his 269 loss streak by joining his, his longtime friend Zack Ryder and becoming the new Raw Tag Team Champions, which actually gave the first win to you, me, and Chris. So that was pretty uh, exciting that they, well, Kurt Hawkins broke his loss streak, and that gave us our first win in the win column. Yes, indeed. So then from there, we went to the show, and it was rather unexpected to have Paul Heyman come out and start the show with the Universal Championship. But it actually, hindsight, in 2020, set the tone for the rest of the show. Because we had Seth Rollins come out on top with three curb stomps on Brock Lesnar after catching a beatdown from Brock Lesnar and Brock interfering. Well, not I'm going to call it interfering, but just just jumping on him right in the beginning. It was insane. So big ups to Seth Rollins. He took the the, the butt whipping. He earned it, and then came back and, and won. It was a, a a hell of a great just gritty brawl, to say the least. You know, I, I think to start off WrestleMania like that, I don't know who the WWE thinks that they are. Because it's like getting on a roller coaster that doesn't start slow. One of those ones that goes 0 to 60 in 1.3 seconds. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. And to lead off with the Universal Championship, number one. Number two, to have Seth Rollins winning. I mean, that was just it was just awesome on so many levels. And I, I'm going to say awesome a lot tonight because I don't think I have another word. No, I do have another word. It was stupendous. Oh, I thought you go with the Vince McMahon. Unbelievable. <laughs> it was a lot of that in there, too. <laughs> uh, so, like I said, once again, congratulations to Seth Rollins. Nobody expected Seth to win because it all looked like it was about to be a John Cena throwback, but that didn't happen. So then we went from there to AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. AJ picked up the win as expected. We all pretty much felt like AJ was about to uh, catch that win. So that's what happened there. And then our next match of the night 
was actually a phenomenal tag team championship match, which had the Usos retaining their championship in a fatal four-way against Ricochet and Aleister Black, who came up double loss this weekend, unfortunately. The Bar and Rusev and Nakamura. But the, the biggest spot of the night was the Cesaro swing mixed with Sheamus doing the 10 beats on everybody else while Cesaro was swinging the crap out of Ricochet. And it gave me a throwback to a, um, a, a, a video that I saw on Twitter of Cesaro when he did over 100 rotations in an indie circuit of spinning somebody. And the crowd just kept counting and counting and counting. It was insane. And I thought we were going to get up to 100, but I guess they just didn't have enough time for that. But, man, that was an awesome moment. And they just showed why they don't set the bar. They are the bar. But, unfortunately, the Usos, in typical Us fashion, just jumped over the bar and be, and retained their championship. Yeah, You know what? That was a surprise because I thought, I mean, by Alistair Black and Ricochet losing – uh, at NXT, I thought you know this is going to be their chance. Yeah, that that they're flip side in. They lose one, but then they hit the main roster and they become another. You know, I agree. I was feeling the same way. I did pick the Usos, but I was feeling the same way. Like that would be interesting because we didn't know what happened when we did the picks. Takeover hadn't happened yet, so that's true. We'll see. They could break them up and have them become uh, individuals. Or they could keep them as a tag team. Either way, it's just a hell of a great show, no matter which way you go. Um, then we had, I'm trying to think of what way, the best way I can describe this Falls Count Anywhere match between The Miz and Shane O'Mac. Mm. I, I don't even think that's what I can use to describe because we had Vincent, Vintage Shane. For his spots, Mrs. Dad came out and, and took a couple spots and a couple shots. We had ECW moments with them totally destroying the foreign the foreign announce tables mm-hmm. and uh, superplex off the of scaffolding. Yeah, that right yeah. there. But that spot, I, I love the finish. I didn't really. No, because that spot off the scaffolding, and I knew it was coming. When Miz made Shane look down, I said, Shane's going to – if you notice, every pay-per-view Shane wrestles in, he takes a big spot, he takes a big bump. Mm-hmm. This was – this was he took a big bump falling on the, on the golf cart, then hitting the concrete. But this is an even bigger bump, and I knew it was coming. But to end that way, I just wasn't too happy about it. But think about it. It didn't diminish The Miz. Shane didn't beat The Miz because Shane beat The Miz, even though that's what he's going to say on Tuesday. Shane just happened to land on top. So The Miz doesn't lose anything. It doesn't make him look bad. He's still got some retribution. They can still do a rematch in a, a cage or something like that, so that way you don't have to worry about somebody getting out. But yet, it still kept the integrity of the type of match it was. So I thought it was a fair, balanced finish 
because nobody really lost in that scenario because it was just a great match. I mean, they, they were just all over the place. And Shane was so giving on all the spots that he took. And then it just played into it well. I was hoping in my heart of hearts that um, Mrs. Dad would have turned heel and then would have sided with Shane. And that would have been the continuation over to Raw and SmackDown. But like I said, with that not happening, his dad get involved. So I still got that a little bit. And then we had a good finish. So I can't complain but so much. But man, that was just a great match. And I still can't, like I said, think about a word to describe the match. Because it was just so much and, and just so chaotic. It was it was worth it to not be contested for the most part in the actual ring. But then we went to the women's tag team championship match that was contested in the ring with a Boston Hug connection. I don't know if that was just a bad omen when we saw that the the Bailey buddies was like, Yeah, we ain't really feeling this. and didn't uh, do their job. Beth and Natty looked great with the endorsement of Brett the Hitman Hart, and they had their Hart Foundation tribute attire. The Iconics, I love their color scheme, but the moment of the night for me was Nia and Tamina. Tamina's outfit was phenomenal. I sent the tweet out about the only thing that would jazz it up to give her that splash of color would be when they get the women's championship. But man, they look great. I know you love Nia's uh, cornrows. Yes, I did. It was just an overall good look for them. Unfortunately, that good look didn't translate into them winning the championship. But the Iconics, on the other hand, had phenomenal tandem wrestling. And it, it just, you know, put on really the cleanest wrestling clinic out of everybody in the match. But that's also because they kind of nullified Nia and Tamina a little bit with them being outside the ring or taking major spots. So I know you were kind of like, well, hey, where's the girls at? Why are they not jumping in? Why is this not happening? What's going on? But ultimately, the Iconics won the Women's Tag Championship for the SmackDown side. And all their fans in Australia were going crazy. They've got Twitter videos and everything just showing how excited and amazed they were. It was just a phenomenal match. And and the women started off right there showing that they were putting that work in. Yeah, they did. I mean, that win by the Iconics was surprising. Another interesting match. It was very surprising. And this one... I'm just calling it an interesting match. And I had to take a pause for a moment because I didn't think they were really going to do it. And that's give the strap, give the championship, give the nod, give the high five, make it happen to Kofi Kingston. I was like, no, I don't know. Remember we talked about it's like, it's probably going to be a Monday thing. Or, or something like that, but nope. Kofi acted up and became champion. He put in the work, the effort. He took everything Daniel Bryan had 
and the fans were just right there on top of it the entire time, driving them. Big E and 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 uh, Xavier were there the whole time, driving it. It was a phenomenal match, and Kofi came out as the champion. You can't ask for anything better than that. Nothing was better than that feeling right there. I think that was the feeling of the night for me. Yeah. And that really pretty much sums it up. That was one of the many times that we were just, you know, just blown up from the excitement and, and it's like, oh my gosh. Because you're like, are they? Nah, uh, maybe this is going to happen. Are they? Nah, maybe this is going to happen. But when you saw the finish, it's like, wait a minute. It just happened. And 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 Kofi's uh, youngest son, when he climbed up on the ropes and threw the T-shirt, all, all I thought was, you know what? That is legitimately the future. That is what it was all about, showing the next generation that, hey, this could be you. You can do this without question. And, and man, that was amazing. Totally amazing. So from there, we went to... I guess what I'll call an unfair moment. <laughs> it's, it's wrong that it went down that way. But Rey Mysterio versus Samoa Joe. Like, Kofi just won a championship. And I was like, well, this is not going to be cool because Rey's going to have to take this L. I, I didn't think that Rey Mysterio was going to win the U.S. championship. And Samoa Joe just went ahead and did his job. He fought and choked somebody out. And I know you lost your mind on that one. I did, but I think I knew the reason why it happened. Reports were that Rey Mysterio was injured, has been injured, so he wasn't going to be able to compete in a full-time match tonight. It wasn't going to happen. I don't know, but I mean, at the the Hall of Fame, Ray said he was about ninety five percent. He was icing it, doing everything that it needed to be to be able to compete, and he looked good. He, he moved well coming down the ramp. I just was like, man, just a quick choke out. But hey, it's a night of rubs from and and honors and and opportunities and torch passing. And Samoa Joe got the got to go ahead to just be Samoa Joe. And that's what we got. Samoa Joe. Same thing. Roman Reigns, we got Roman. We knew what was gonna happen. Drew McIntyre's entrance was epic. I mean, I, I was fitting of an Irish warrior. But at the same time, we knew Roman. That was one of those feel-good moments. And that was the bounce back from Ray Mysterio lost, so we, we knew Robert was going to win that. And deservedly so, you know. Right. I just... Uh, Roman, I, I seeing him back in the ring, full strength, that's what did it for me. I, I, I just... I, I knew he was going to win. Once he got on his feet and he started rolling, I knew it was no way he was going to lose. Mm -hmm. So now... I'm going to let you tell me your impressions because this is your boy, Triple H versus Batista. And we know Batista had the 
overly excitement moment. Uh, and the, I know it's going to be meme central right now with him getting in the ring. But, I mean, well, part of it was he was gassed and blown up by the time he got to the ring. I thought it was the warrior for a second. But the other part was just nerves. But I'm, I'm going to leave this all to you because that match was brutal. Let, 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 me, let me start from the beginning. Number one, my wife pointed out that Batista was favoring his right leg. So he didn't look like he was 100%. Uh, when Triple H came down, I tweeted that I wanted King of Kings, Triple H. I wanted the the crown, the half skull, come out sitting on the throne, and then come down. I didn't get that. Okay, I got the game. That's fine. But this match, I, I didn't know these two guys still had it in them. Like, Triple H would be 50 this year. 50. And he put Batista through a table. He used channel locks to try to break his fingers. He ripped his nose ring out with uh, needle nose pliers. I mean, geez, the offense, the spice that those guys took. The whip with the chain. Oh, my goodness. And that was no no pull on that. That chain hit Batista. (laughs) Yeah. Hard. The, The... when I, I asked, I was sitting in a room full of people. I said, where's the sledgehammer? And my brother-in-law said, that's what's missing. And as soon as we said that, he lifted the ring apron up and he pulled out Old Faithful. I mean, to see him powerbomb Batista on top of steel steps and his head bounced like that. Him to take a DDT that stood him straight up on top of his head. I mean, geez, they went all out. And these guys ain't no spring chickens. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not at all. You seen the Batista bomb. Then also you seen two pedigrees had to take them out. Epic match. I mean, I, I lost this one between us. I lost it. But in that type of fashion, the type of show, the, the story that they told, I'm glad I lost it. And to see Ric Flair not only come out, give Triple H another sledgehammer, walk around the ring, and talk smack to Dave Batista, and then assist Triple H out the ring after he wins. That right there is another high point that pretty much made my night. I agree. I was wondering if we were going to see Nate, but then when he came out, well, it was two wonders. I was like, why do they got two sledgehammers? Mm-hmm. What are they going to do with that? I was wondering about what spot would happen, but then it all made sense because they should grab the second sledgehammer. And all the rest was history at that point. So that was great. Batista acted extremely surprised to see Nature Boy Ric Flair out there. And that just set up for one heck of a, a Superman sledgehammer punch from Triple H off of the ring steps to tag Batista and then got the pedigree and Batista sold that pedigree really well. And one, two, three, it's like, Oh snap. Okay. 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 So they, 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 they took us on another high moment. And then in typical WrestleMania fashion, 
they pulled the rug out of everybody. And Cor- Baron Corbin beat Kurt Angle, which I was like, man, I thought they would go there, but I was like, no, nah, they wouldn't do that to Kurt. But then at the same time, you're passing the torch. As much as I talked about, you know, Baron Corbin would deserve that opportunity, we still all went with Kurt Angle on that one. But it was still a great match. Angle did everything he wanted to do except land the moonsault off the top rope, which I was Mm -hmm. shocked that he was about to do anyway. But once he missed it, we all knew what was happening at that point. I was like, well, yeah, that's the setup for the end right there. But, man, what what an epic career that Kurt Angle has had. It was just phenomenal. Can't ask for anything more from a man, even though he did just sign a new contract that we'll have to figure out a particular. So it could have been just a Legends contract, which will have appearances here and there, or he could be a road agent and travel, or they could be setting up for him to add I guess reverse insult to injury by becoming general manager again and sticking it to Baron Corbin on the back end. So the, as, as a couple things in play, we'll keep you posted as we find out exactly what's happening. And then, and then there was a supernatural experience a supernatural experience that for some reason, I don't know if I just blinked and I time traveled back, but Elias was doing his thing, which was really cool. And then we see something about the Bambino. So I'm like, okay, that's a cool lead in, but I'm thinking Bray Wyatt or something. I'm nowhere in my mind thinking that I'm going to hear word life. And out comes John Cena in his Dr. Thugonomics gear. A new Dookie Link chain. <laughs> a new lock. New word life. Um, hand rings. I mean, it was uh, to steal a, a word from Michael Cole, vintage Cena. Huh. And it was really cool to see. And the funny thing was that that character is still over. Now, that it is. So I, I don't know if, well, I was hoping that we would have another moment where Cena would come out while Kurt Angle was walking back on the stage, get ready to leave. And that's how that would have played out. And that, that would have been the Cena angle moment. But who knows? We still got tomorrow. Because we still could get that match, even though that's supposed to be his last match. But maybe John Cena could talk him into just one more thing. Just one more match. On a Monday Night Raw. Possibly. Who knows? Hey, stranger things have happened. So, then we had another supernatural experience. And that involved a demon. A demon came down and fought Incredible Hulk, Bobby Lashley. (laughs) It's like, oh, man. I would have preferred, I mean, even though Lashley looked crazy, 
I thought I thought it would be crazy. Like if Leo Rush would have had the contacts and he would have went into a box and just started ripping his clothes off and lashing it would have came out. That would have been insane. I would have popped for that so hard. But Finn Balor became the Intercontinental Champion. I'm sorry, correction. Demon Finn Balor became Intercontinental Champion again. And, and well, he actually wrestled this time a little bit more non Finn Balorish. Did, did, did that make sense? Did that seem the same way to you? It did. He, 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 he channeled he channeled the demon there. Yeah. And he almost on that level of, of Daniel Bryan and how different of a character Daniel wrestles opposed to the Yes movement. And I thought that was really good. That was exciting to see. And then when he won, it was even more exciting. I was like, man, that was actually a, a good match. But then I was still weirded out by the context that uh, Bobby Lashley was wearing, you know, I was waiting for that Lou Ferrigno moment for him to just roar and, <laughs> and to, to just do something. But it, it was really cool. And uh, that was, I guess we'll call the go-home moment to the main event. I loved the throwback to Ric Flair of Charlotte taking a chopper in, landing, changing from a jacket into her typical robe and coming out. Shout out to Joan Jett and the Blackhearts for playing out Ronda Rousey. Shout out to Charlotte, who was just stoic when she came out into the ring. For all intents and purposes, you just thought she was going to win that just by how she just came out and how confident she was. But then the man looked great. Becky looked good. The hair, the outfit, and it was a, 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 a grueling battle. They, they played up the, the, the story well. A couple little misspots here or there, but overall, it was just a really good match. The finish is still a little bit controversial because the, the argument is, was Ronda's shoulders down or not down for the entire three count? But, you know, interpretation is no instant replay in wrestling. So the ref's decision is final. We'll have to see what happens on uh, Monday night for Monday Night Raw. But overall, Becky Lynch is your universal champion. I, I like to call it undisputed WWE women's champion. You could say that too. And that's how we ended the show. So this was one of those overall feel-good WrestleManias, which they haven't really done in quite some time, where it was face over face over face taking a championship or overcoming the heel. You just had a couple little upsets here or there, but for the most part, it was face of Palooza. <laughs> I can't say that I, I'm mad at that, but then also part of me is mad because, as you know, this is the results show, and with the results show, are we going by, just for clarification, 
the rule of you have to be in attendance to claim your win, or are we just going with it is what it is for WrestleMania? I'll leave that decision to you. Oh, because I know I lost. So, I mean, geez, I, I guess you got to be here to claim it. So, well, in that case, that makes me the winner. <laughs> <laughs> but notice how diplomatic I put that so that way it's not like, hey, and you know, like I didn't say it. I'm putting it all on KG, and he said I'm the winner. But I mean, it, it was actually anybody's ball game, and they just nobody really expected it to go that far left into the positive. But hey, there was some that under normal circumstances and non-heavy crowd supported, they probably would have given Kofi the L and have him win on Monday Night Raw. Or they probably would have had Charlotte win and then had the one-on-one on SmackDown. It was well, just... It was just crazy. But allegedly... I just... Capra would have won if he was here. And you and Chris were tied. So it was only one difference in points for me actually beating you guys. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Jeez. But hey, I don't mind losing because WrestleMania as a whole was just absolutely awesome. Um, if I had to rate it on a scale of uh, one to ten, one being the lowest, ten being the highest, I think I would give it a fifteen. Yeah, it was no dull spots. Um, I what made it the main event? I said if they put on a good show, this is not going to be the last time that the women main event, not only a WrestleMania, but also a pay per view. Mm-hmm. Because those three women put on a hell of a show. Not only did not only them, but also uh the boss and hug connection, the iconics, uh the Samoan Slaughterhouse. And Natty, who am I missing? Natty and Beth. And Natty, Natty and Beth. And the women in uh in the Battle Royal. Memorial Battle Royal. <laughs> which should have been I think that should have been that and the Andre the Giant uh, Memorial Battle Royal should have been shouldn't have been on the pre-show. I don't know with the Andre the Giant pre-show then you actually have that part of the, the main crux of everything because I don't know that, that probably would have turned the fans off a little bit. Possibly. You, you know, you're right. But you know so. my, my final shout out of the day because you know, we'll wrap up because it's already one o'clock on a Monday at this point, was shout out to the WWE Network. Because if this was under normal circumstances, a lot of those matches may not have happened. But because the network exists, we had seven hours of programming from WrestleMania that was live. But we had a solid five hours and some change of story that was told through WrestleMania, the actual pay-per-view. So for somebody that actually paid the 70 bucks to watch it, you got a solid five hours compared to 
many years ago when you were maybe three or two and 45 minutes. <laughs> so you're like, wait a minute, I didn't get a full three hours out of this. And now we're five hours in, like I said, seven hours of actual programming from a two hour pre-show to the first hour was on a network. Second hour was on USA. And that's where we had all three of the, uh, the pre-show matches and then into WrestleMania proper. So it's just exciting that they had as much time as they really needed to tell the stories. Ray Mysterio's match was only cut short because of the injury per se. The Roman Reigns Drew McIntyre match was, in my opinion, the right length because you had Falls Count anywhere and all and, and the Triple H uh, no holds barred match. So you didn't have to go uber crazy in the match. You just had to tell your story, get in and get out. So I thought timing and everything was great. Yeah, the length of that that the way they the the, the matches were done. I I mean I actually thought before the the main event I still had another match to go. <laughs> I lost I lost count, and I I did. But the thing is I didn't mind. Right. I was all forward. So. Yeah, I, I would have been cool with. Elias and Cena actually wrestling. I thought that's what was really going to happen, opposed to just you know the, the the spot. It's good to see Hogan on the stage. I thought they could have <laughs> did a little bit more with Alexa Bliss though. Yeah, I feel that way too. But that's but what's that... always weird. Like you got the host, but they only got three spots on the show. The the beginning, the announcement of the attendance record, and maybe a backstage segment. You're not really hosting, so that's one thing I want them to have a little bit more to be done with, you know? Yeah, and uh, some people didn't really care for Hogan at, at the top. Yeah. But so I, that, that's still a, a road to come back, and he's still apologizing for some of the stuff that was uh, a tweet that was sent out by Big E that thanked Hogan for taking the time to listen to his point of view. And we all know how Big E speaks his mind. So I know he raped Hogan across the coals, but at the same time, Hogan apologized and he was satisfied with that. So that just shows that Hogan is making steps because we can see Hogan, you know, is not, we're losing a Hogan that could still give us the Hulkamania. He's not able to move as well, unfortunately. And, you know, you got to curate exactly what he's doing in the ring or, or on the stage or whatever it is. So I still think it's important for the Hogan character to still be around for kids to see. Like Camp WWE, I would love to see the Hogan character in there during moral conversations or the Kurt Angle character talking about the three eyes in, in that capacity or a new WWE cartoon that would have Hulk Hogan and some of the greats in there. I think that would be phenomenal. I agree with you there. But, I mean, you know, I understand. But overall, I mean, it's kind of hard to read, even though they did have some microphones out to capture. But when you're in a stadium that size, the, the, the sound, it takes even longer than what they're trying to shoot for that sound to reach to be able to really get a beat on what was actually being said or what the straight-up crowd reaction was. But I'd say overall, the crowd was 100% live. They were really excited and and, and invested in every match. 
Absolutely true. I mean, they uh, some of them I don't think sat down the whole entire show. Mm-hmm. So, overall, we give it a stamp from the sideline junkies WrestleManiacs stamp of an A A plus WrestleMania. I give it an A plus plus for Tamina coming out looking phenomenal and leaving a straight jacket behind. And everybody <laughs> just, you know, they did a heck of a good job. Nobody underperformed. Nobody phoned it in. Everybody made each other look good. And, and that was a great recipe for a phenomenal show capped off by the women main eventing and just leaving it all out in the ring, but wanting us to see more or how it will unravel in the season opener of Monday Night Raw and the season opener of Tuesday Night SmackDown Live. Can't wait, can't wait. All right, so we got two more days of WrestleMania week to to, to grind it out and, and, and keep you guys posted and react to exactly what's going on. Hopefully we see a bunch of returns. We've already seen a couple already with Ember Moon and Luke Harper. So maybe we'll see some call-ups from NXT tomorrow and Tuesday. The, the sky's the limit for the beginning of the year. It's the first Raw of the, the new season, a new televised year for Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. So we know it's going to be crazy. And, and the crowd's going to go nuts. So uh, if I'm correct in my assumption, we should be back in the Barclays one more time, well, two more times since they're already there and it'll just be an easy transition. And then we just go from zero to 100,000. So at 8 p.m. tomorrow, it's time to go nuts one more time. Once again, I can't wait. I'm ready to see the first roll of the new year. Oh, yeah. So, all right, my friend, we did it. It's late. We'll go ahead and turn in <laughs> and then get our minds right because we got two more days of uh, being exhausted from excitement. And then we get to take a, a couple-day break <laughs> and set up for our regular same bat time, same bat channel, same mothership on Saturday to just do a quick jump in talking about anything that happened as a result of WrestleMania. Yes, indeed. And with that being said, Sideline Junkies, WrestleManiacs, and we are out of here. Good night. This has been another Sideline Junkies production, sponsored by Anchor FM. For any questions, comments, or even if you have a show idea, you can always email the fellas, SidelineJunkies247 at gmail.com. Junkies out. Yeah.